Hey guys, what's going on? It's me again, Ryan Q, coming at you with another podcast, another episode of Thoughts As I Wander. Today is Friday, February 12th, 2021, and I'm just getting off work, about to jump on the highway. Pretty long week, but uh, but good. It was, it was good. I got hired this week officially by the company I'm working for. I was working for a staffing company before then, and... Um, I talked to the supervisor and she said, we're going to bring you fully on board. So I got a pay increase. I got some like benefits and, um, and yeah, and, uh, and, and, uh, congratulations. So pretty stoked about that. Um, you know, I've only been working there for a little bit over a month. So to, you know, and sometimes people don't get hired for months, even years, Certain staffing companies require like a certain amount of hours. You know, you might need like a thousand something hours before the company can consider, even consider hiring you. Um, that's just kind of like baseline. Um, and, uh, but the company that I went through, I guess is pretty well known for, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if it was my work ethic. I do kick ass when I'm, when I'm at work put my head down I'm not distracted I'm not for the most part you know I'm there to do my job and I do my job well um so yeah uh I'm happy it's Friday though because I'm pretty tired I'm gonna enjoy this weekend I'm gonna be trying to I'm gonna be looking for I don't know I want to be taking some portraits of people so I'm gonna reach out send out some emails make a few phone calls see if I can get something to get something together it would be really really cool to you know even honestly i could probably do it through instagram way more efficient than trying to find agencies and uh you know artists websites um you know if i i kind of want to find a stylist i want to find a makeup artist maybe um and a model so if i could get like a four-person team myself included to kind of create and uh yeah create a a shoot a photo shoot that would be awesome that would be so cool and um be a great collaboration so i'm gonna i'm gonna reach out use some hashtags to look for people and uh yeah i think it'll i have an idea of what i want so i'm definitely going to pitch them my ideas and, and see you know how it goes if you know obviously they're gonna have their own ideas and it'll kind of become this uh collective composite so uh that's that's what's going on this weekend not much plans um i wanted to touch base with you guys about what we talked about in the last episode i had mentioned it a little bit just about mental health and mental illness and some of my thoughts on it I do have a lot to say, and, you know, this week, my dad left for, uh, back for the Azores, and he, he's been here since October, trying to find placement for my sister, and, uh, I, so I really want to kind of go back and touch base, but also catch you guys up on my sister's situation and how it's, uh, affected her life, and, the lives around her and I think there's a lot we can take away from this and not only that but it really helps me just by me talking out loud and 
expressing my ideas and my thoughts on it, my, my feelings on it, it helps me process it because it's such a, it's such a closed door thing and maybe it shouldn't be. Um, but anyways, guys, so yeah, my dad left. He was trying to find a placement for my sister who is diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. And when I say that, you know, a lot of people, I, I don't know what people's notions are about schizophrenia, but I feel like the stereotype is someone who's just, you know, having voices in their head telling them to, to kill, you know, to kill people or to kill themselves or, um, I don't know, just like, I feel like that's where most people, that's where most people's minds go to when they think of schizophrenia. And there are cases where, you know, people do have voices that want uh, to kill. Uh, but that's such a, I don't know, it's it's not, it's just, it's not the full spectrum, right? Um, my sister, she is 21 years old, and we started noticing that she something was off. We had no idea what it was at first. Um, I think when she was around 17, 17 years old, I I remember clearly the the one night where I was just like, something is fucking wrong. Me and my sister, we would, all the time, we would go out to the car, light up a joint, light up a blunt, a bong, a bowl, whatever, and hotbox it. We would get so high and listen to music, we would freestyle as best as we could, as horrible as we were, and just, I don't know, just talk and we would just have a good time, and I remember having some just really great times with her and, and really insightful conversations, and we would do that for a while, and uh, I thought we were... We were always on the same page. We, we, we had a great relationship. And so I remember... I literally remember, like, the line I said. We were freestyling. And I said something like, you know, you, you better watch out because I'm going to... It's so stupid. I'm going to hook up with your mistress. You know, something like that. She goes, Lexi? Don't you dare talk about Lexi like that. Lexi's my friend. And it just went, the whole vibe took a, went, just went 360 on me. And I wasn't sure at all like, what was going on. I was like, whoa, Ray, I'm, I'm just freestyling. I'm just coming up with words. And that was just the word that came up. And just the look on her face, like she was... She was just eye-dogging me, man. Like, she was so just intent on, like, that's not fucking funny. That's my friend. Don't you dare talk to her or touch her or whatever. And the more we started talking, I was like, all right, she's serious. And I was like, I was like, I don't know what the fuck your problem is. I, you know, I don't, I don't know where this is coming from. And we just kept arguing. And I was like, no, like, I, I've never, like, made an attempt. Like, I've never... I've never thought of it, like, it's just not even, what are you talking about, and she just kept coming at me, and I I told her, I was like, all right, Raina, I'm not gonna talk to you, so I basically just stopped talking to her, we were in the car, 
we drove back. We were, you know, we would drive to the end of the driveway and and smoke and listen to music. And so I, I drove back to the house in silence. And little by little, I, I I really wish, you know, I could tell you how uh, how quickly or how slowly this descent went because. I had noticed that, and then there's just a bunch of time between then and now that passed where, you know, Reyna would just, how do I say this? I mean, she, she would stop making sense when she talked. She would start circling, and she would never get to the point of what she's trying to say. A lot of times she would just go into her room, like very, very major depression, not talk to anyone, blast her music. And, you know, that's all like normal teenage shit, you know, to to lock your room and and blast music. But she wouldn't come out and she wouldn't talk to anyone. When she did, she didn't make sense. Uh, She stopped taking care of herself. She stopped brushing her teeth, stopped taking showers. Um, She started becoming aggressive with everyone, like just saying things she anytime that we would i don't know like anything it, it could be anything we could be clapping or we could like laugh or like bite the fork by accident while eating and she would be like stop eating at me or stop clapping at me stop stop laughing at me and she would look at you and she had that look in her eye and anyone who's been around people with mental illness specifically schizophrenia knows that fucking look and it's a scary look because she really believes that you're laughing at her or that you're doing something to her i remember right now for example we were driving this has happened multiple times we'd be driving we would go over a bump don't you know uh stop doing that on purpose don't go over those bumps on purpose or another situation which happens all the time and it kind of made me not motivated at all to ever go out with her was you know anytime she wanted to go out somewhere within 15 minutes she'd be like all right i I need to go home i want to go home and if you try to like talk her down and try to let her know no look we, we drove here we're gonna spend some time here no like she would she would just either keep asking you or like get angry at you or just like like please like please Ryan please please take me home I don't want to be here please and so you, you it's just it's just hard to go anywhere um now all these things were very strange and we and we you know we obviously knew something was wrong but we didn't know to what extent we didn't know the severity and things really started getting out of control when when things got physical and the police were called and you know Reina has been Baker acted more than five times I don't know the exact number but more easily more than five times being Baker acted is when uh, you you're basically you have mental health professionals come to your house they examine and basically deem you if you're a threat to yourself or others, if you're a harm to yourself or others. And 
then they they take you to the hospital and you have no control over it if you deny if you fight it the police come and that's happened too we've had to call the police multiple times rain has called the police on us and uh, that, that's where you know things get really really dark and i'm kind of hesitant on telling all the details but um just because it, it just it's very it's very dark and, and sad it's very sad man um you know Raina thinks that her family rapes her and her family hates her and her family wants to kill her and uh we steal her things and we don't love her and we're gonna put her in jail and put her away and this is like a reoccurring thing uh which is scary um so, you know, Reina has been in and out of the hospital since she was 17 years old. Uh, one time in Florida, she stayed at Northside, Northside Mental Facility in Tampa. And she stayed there for a month. And so she's been on and off antipsychotic medication. She's tried a bunch of different ones. I really wish I could go into detail about what type of medication she's in. I don't think that's my place. And uh, I also don't know exactly all the ones and all the, the dosages that she's taking. But all I can tell you is that some of the medication would make her, you know, it would make her, like, fucking depressed. Like she, again, not coming out of her room, not talking, not eating. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, she would do things like make a cup of coffee not drink it and then 15 minutes later come out and, and make another cup of coffee or draw a bath sit in it for five minutes get out drain it an hour later take another bath um you know grab more food at dinner than she can eat not finish it and then grab more um you know she she lost so many fundamental basic skills that you learn just growing up she, you know, she can't, she can't cook, she can't, you know, pick up after herself, she can't do math, um, her conversational skills and just social awareness, like, her social, she's not dumb by any means, and I, I know that's, it's not like she's autistic, she, she can still, not to say that autistic people are dumb by any means, it's just, it, it's, it's a different, it's a different thing. It's a different mental illness and uh, or mental disorder. And um, you know, Reina, just her comprehension. You know how like I, I like comparing it to. You ever read a book and like you're reading it and then you flip the page and you go, wait, what did I just read? What did that? F I just read a page, but I have no idea. My mind was somewhere else. I have no idea what that page read. And so you have to go back and read it again. You go, oh, okay. It's like that with everything and you know she can't she can't read she can't remember the things that she's saying she loops she has these conversational loops um i'm trying to think of some some more things i mean she's she has uh hallucinations both visual auditorial and i think those are the two main ones you know she has delusional beliefs um, you know, one time in particular, 
we were at the KFC drive-thru, and she tells, she, no, no, she, she was with my mom or dad, she told them that the man poisoned her, her, her Coke, and she wouldn't drink, no, no, she, she said she sipped it, but she's afraid that he, he poisoned it, he saw her, he saw him put something in it, and so she's telling me this when she gets home, and I say, Reina, look, I will try this Coke if I don't feel good in the next 15 minutes. I'll drive both of us to the hospital, okay? So I took a sip, and she's like, she's like, why would you do that? Like, she was concerned about me, and she was like, we need, like, we need to go, we need to go, like, please, like, let's go to the hospital. And so there's just no, when she's in that type of mode, there's no reasoning with her. Any type of logical explanation you can give to her doesn't, it doesn't amount to anything. And trying to, trying to reason with her is, is just one of the most difficult things. And sometimes you can, you can get through to her. There have been times within the last four years where we sat down and had like a normal conversation and I'm like there's Raina there she is where did she where did you go where were you and it's like these little windows these little windows where we can have a normal conversation and then um and then the rest of the time there really isn't one it's kind of like it's either it's either commenting or her pestering everyone and what I mean by that is one thing she took up while in the hospital was cigarettes and she would chain smoke. She would chain smoke so bad that her her mouth was yellow and her fingers, between her fingers where she would hold the cigarette were yellow. Like a very gross, grimy look. And um and she wouldn't stop. She would just smoke. And and you know how Look, when you smoke a cigarette, you it's very casual. It's not like you're inhaling. It's not like you're taking a hit from a joint trying to get, you know, fucking blasted. Reina smokes cigarettes like she's, like people smoke joints. And she finishes them quick. She doesn't enjoy them. She just, she just smokes to smoke. And uh, we, we've tried to tell her, look, that's not how you, that's not how you smoke. Like, you got to take it easy. Um, but nothing like that. That, that comprehension isn't there. She doesn't. She doesn't. She's hearing, but she's not listening. She's listening, but she's not hearing. I guess. Um, yeah, I'm trying to give you. I'm trying to give you a summary of of like what we've been seeing these last few years, and you know, I. I, I guess let's let's bring it back to to the last few months what's been going on the last few months let's, let's actually go back a year a year is a bit, a bit better so we were living in florida and again rain is going in and out of the hospital um sometimes yeah sometimes she her meds would make her really depressed and sometimes it would make her really manic and uh so she would still wouldn't want to go out and still feel anxious and we, we, nothing was working and it's frustrating to see that because it's like, why the fuck are we keep? Why the fuck are you going to the hospital? Why are we bringing bringing her to the hospital? And she's not being fixed. She's not being her, the medication isn't working. And it's like this guessing game, this trial and error. 
And it's just, it, it's never ending. It's like, why isn't she better? You go to these hospitals and you read pamphlets. Oh, about these people who had schizophrenia and they, they're medicated and they have their life in order. And it's like, where is that? Like, I don't see that. Is that real or is that just like fucking advertising? Is that, is that false advertising? Because I don't see any sign of her being able to live an independent, meaningful, you know, meaningful life. Like, I don't see it. It can't happen now. So, you can call this geographical cure or, um, I don't know, the hope for a better tomorrow. But, you know, my dad and mom, they had plans of moving to the Azores. And they've had that for a while, and they thought, you know, it's a small group of islands. It's Piku in, in specifically is like it's just a small island. It's community oriented. There's there's doctors. You know, maybe she'd be she'd do better there. People would have, you know, she'd be um, she'd be watched out over and taken care of. So we moved over there last summer, not this past summer, two summers ago now, and. Uh, you know, Reina was doing actually a lot better. She she was never as aggressive physically or or even verbally. Um, so in that case, in that in that way, she did get better, and I think it, I think the move was was a slight improvement from living in Florida. Now, whether to credit that to the place or, I don't know, like, I, I don't know what to, to credit that. But Reina was better. And, but not, but not better enough. Um, you know, she was still having delusions. She was being, I guess she was being a little bit physical violent with, physically violent with my mom verbally abusive, uh, just not, you know, just making a mess out of everything, um, and again, always asking, always pestering about cigarettes and jewels, you know, like, cause she, she got hooked on jewels and you never heard the end of it, I mean, non-stop, even if you said no, she would ask you like 20 more times, I always thought that she'd be the best, like, fucking car salesman, she just would not take no for an answer, and, um, so, you know, she's still just not taking care of herself, isolating herself, and, you know, my mom, she has a lot of health problems of her own, and she's been at the end of her line for a really long time, and um, I think my mom didn't want to let go because no parent does. But, you know, she made a really tough decision and, you know, she she basically decided that she couldn't do it anymore. And so that's when my dad and sister came over here to New England. You know, I'm over here in Bristol, Rhode Island, and my dad and sister came over here in October to try to find my sister placement to see, look, we can't take care of her anymore. We've done everything we can. Um, but, you know, a thing about living with someone who's mentally ill, severely mentally ill, is that illness starts 
fucking with your head. It starts messing with your own mental health. And it kind of, uh, you know, my mom and dad, and even, even I, to some extent, I, I feel like there's some sort of PTSD when it comes to that. Um, I feel like my perception of the world is completely different after seeing that illness take over her her life and um, and her whole her whole being, her whole her whole yeah, her whole being, and um, ah, fuck. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah. So we should have done it a lot, a lot longer ago, to be honest. Um, but we were really trying to take care of her. And, and one thing I want to know is, during the time where she was staying in Northside for that that thirty day period. I remember visiting her and there were a lot of patients in there who had no visitors come visit them. And I remember this one kid, he was standing next to Reina. And when I said, Hey Reina, how's it going? What's up? Let's, let's go sit down and talk. He goes up to me. He says, he introduced himself. His name was Brian goes i'm brian look i don't have any visitors my parents and friends they don't visit me anymore can i please sit down with you guys and talk with you and i was a little hesitant at first but i i said like yeah like come talk and afterwards i i realized that there must be so many people in here whose family and friends and support system had been going through it, trying to to make things work, and they came to their tipping point, and they couldn't do it anymore. They couldn't emotionally, mentally, psycholo- financially, psychologically do it. And that's where we're all at. It's out of our hands. It's not... I, I personally can't do anything about it besides, you know, be there for my sister when she wants to talk. But I can't, I can't fix the situation. I can't cure her. I can't, I can't do anything. And that's been uh, a huge struggle on my end because I just feel like I'm, I'm useless. You know, I don't, I don't have any power. And I, I, I know my parents feel the same way. It's like, their little girl, their baby girl, like, how, how could, how is this fair that we're not able to help her and take care of her like we, like they've had, like they've been doing for all of her life. I mean, my, my parents gave us so much and I'm so fortunate and, and like blessed to, uh, to grow up the way I did. And, uh, my siblings the same. You know, one scary thing to think about is I could have easily uh, been the one, or my brother had been the one that uh, came that, that was diagnosed with schizophrenia, uh, just a matter of matter of circumstance. And um, so, going back to uh, them being here, of course, they had to go through the entire healthcare system, and we went to East Bay the East Bay Clinic 
in Barrington. And, you know, we went through all of the logistics and the meetings and just filling out information and bringing in all of her medical records and her medicine and everything. And since then, she's been visiting her nurse, a nurse practitioner and social worker. You know, she's insured. She's been getting her medication, but still, uh, you know, just, you know, doing the same things, not taking care of herself. It's all the same, all the same. Um, and you know, like the other day, my dad was telling me that she was threatening him to jump out of the car while he was driving and he wouldn't stop. So we start, she started hitting him and just, you know, saying things like, I, I fucking hate you, dad. Like, I, I, I want to fucking kill you. And just shit that makes you start losing your, your humanity and, um, just being manic, always, always asking for something and not being able to, to cope and manage her illness. So even with seeing the nurse practitioner and social worker, so man, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about this and I kind of, I don't know. I don't know, but A few times, or since October, the police were called, and Reina was, you know, Reina tried to, Reina tried to kill herself. There were at least, she took at least 10 pills, sleeping pills, and there were at least 20 others on the floor. And, um, so again, she's been in and out of the hospital. Um, and, uh, so my dad came to the, the conclusion that he, he can't, he can't do anything anymore. And so, and pl- on top of that, he's living with his brother. He's not, you know, there's no income. So that's, that's another fucking problem, but let's not get into that right now. So he... You know, he told the hospital, he told the, the social worker and the and the psychiatrist that she cannot come home to, uh, if she's like this still. And there's no family that can take care of her over here. No one, you can't really place that burden on anyone because it is a burden. It is, and I, I hate to say that, but it is, it's, it's so taxing in every aspect um, so he, she, my sister Raina is still in the hospital and she's not getting out until she'll, she'll, you know, eventually she'll be placed in a group home. She said that she's not safe or sane enough to go to some sort of shelter. And I don't know what that consists of, but I, I don't, I don't know how that would work. Cause she needs to relearn skills, but like, and I don't think shelters do that. So my dad left back to the Azores yesterday and he's, you know, he's going to go stay with my mom who needs him. They need each other. And so he, he, he left her there and it's just, 
fucking sad and scary and I don't know what to think of it because I'm here. I'm not going to be here indefinitely. I do have plans to get out of here when the time comes. And this is like a permanent solution, I guess. A permanent decision for Reina. So I'm trying to look into the future and project like how is this going to work out? When is she going to be placed? Is she, Who's going to be watching out for her? Like, I know, you know, I know that her caseworker will be her, what is it, her payee and kind of take care of her finances. Um, I, I guess there's just so many questions and, and uncertainties that I just feel really in the dark. I feel, and I, I am almost like scared for my sister because like I, I want her to get through this. And even if this is something that, and I'm, as I've researched, you know, schizophrenia is something that people have to manage through the course of their life. And I, I just want Reina to get to that point where she's self-aware She's aware of her illness and she's aware of the triggers and she's aware of the symptoms and she can she can cope with it and manage it and and reach out to people when she, when something's wrong and I I want her to find joy again. I want her to be Reina again and yeah. Yeah, guys. Um, yeah. I think that's it. I think that's it for now. Um, I can do another edition of this a little bit later down the road. If I have any more thoughts, I'll just pull up the phone and, and create a, an entry. I, I appreciate you guys listening. I don't know who who's staying with me this long, but... You know, this is something that is has been a reality for me, for my, for, no, 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 not for me. That's selfish. For my sister, and, and for you know, for the rest of us. You know, Raina, Raina's lost so much. She's lost all of her friends, and she's lost her sanity. She's lost that sense of security in what we take for granted every single day. You know, we 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 truly trust that the ground isn't going to fall beneath us. But for Reina, it's like the world is tumble salting. It's it's somersaulting. It's it isn't solid. And yeah. Alright guys, thanks for listening. I'll get back to you guys. Alright, enjoy your Friday night. Peace.